Hello everyone, my name is Taylor. And I'm Kelly. And we are the co-hosts of Jumping Bomb Audio, the podcast all about Joshi Pro Wrestling here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Every other Monday, we are with you talking about the biggest news in Joshi, along with show reviews, previews, and much, much more. So if you're new to Joshi or you've been a longtime fan, this is the show for you. We've got something for everyone here. So check us out, Jumping Bomb Audio. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hey there, Thunder Buddies and Travelers Down Thunder Road. It's us, Days of Thunder, the WCW Thunder Rewatch podcast that you didn't ask for, but we did anyway. Coming to you as part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. I'm your host, your stable Wi-Fi connection on Thunder Road, Dave Ryan. And I'm joined, as ever, by my faithful co-host, Stagger Lee Malone. Lee, how are you this fine week? Sorry, you're breaking up there, Dave. What was that? Don't, don't do this to me. <laughs> I'm good, pal. I'm good. Yeah, making, making jokes at your expense is always a, a there, in my day. There's a certain level to which I I have reached the limit of my humor this week, and uh, after the last, I uh, not even hour, like the last the last half hour has been the the internet stuff, but just after just a fucking bullshit week, as the <laughs> last thing I need now is fucking buffering humor. Thank you very much, sir. <laughs> fucking. Michael Buffer of the podcast over there. Listen, I gotta, gotta, uh, gotta bust your chops every now and again. Keep you on your toes. Yeah. Chops busted, sir. Yeah, it's been a week. Um, I'm older than I used to be. Um, I have realized this in a number of ways during my week. Did, did you um, have a birthday that wasn't a birthday? No, my birthday is right in the middle of the year. That's what I was thinking. But, um, no, it was the kind of... I was so right before Christmas in my work, we we bring all of our groups on individual Christmas trips. And this has made me aware of my age uh, more than ever, um, because one after three days of it. Well, four, if you include an event I was at last Sunday, I am fucking exhausted. (laughs) I am, I am, I, I've got nothing left in the tank. If we were doing anything more physically exerting than sitting down and talking about wrestling, I might start crying. Um, so there's that. Um, there's the fact that like those days were 
relatively stressful. I won't get into it in here, but, you know, bringing large numbers of young people out at different things uh, can bring with it its own stresses and incidents and, and things like that. But the other thing that has made me really realise my own age, Lee, is do you remember, God, do you remember having a metabolism? Yes. Do you remember being able to eat junk food all the live long day and suffer no ill consequences? Mm-hmm. This is not the case in our 30s, my friend. No, I don't no, know no, if you no. figured this out. That shit has to stop. So because I have been away from home, these events have been happening like they start in the early afternoon and I'm away until like 11, 12 at night uh, all week. Um because of this I have not been eating at home and because of us bringing the groups we kind of go wherever they vote to go so it's not like we're going somewhere that's going to have nice roast dinners and vegetables and and things like that it's fast food a lot of fast food so this week I have the last four days my dinner have been alternating between McDonald's and Five Guys oh lovely and look look Five Guys in particular a lovely treat you know, as an occasional thing. If you were going to have two in a week, if it's pillar to post, if it's like on the Monday and then the Sunday later that week, you're probably fine. Even if there's like one day of good eating in between, mm. I might survive without any ill will. But let me tell you, going McDonald's, five guys, McDonald's, five guys, the last few nights, I am feeling sluggish. I am feeling hungover. Um... It's horrible. Let me tell it you, is... all you need is to throw in a big pretzel and a kebab and you have had a WXW weekend. Oh, holy shit. Yeah, for nobody that's been at like the Carrot or Tag League weekenders, there's some amount of shit eating at that. Because like the most convenient and, and, things and around when, you. Uh, the WWE rep shows up on the screen. There's, <laughs> I think, I think the last time we went... Yeah, because it wasn't the time you were with me. It was no, the carrot right, right before the pandemic, right? That was well, the first you, you time. right before. It was right at the yeah, outbreak. It was right at the outbreak. <laughs> that was the first time I have been with the group that goes to Germany all the time. And there wasn't a single visit to the McDonald's beside the Turban and Halla. Which is shocking for me, to be honest. Which is like, usually there are two places. There's the 360, which is like a, burger you bar. know, a burger bar, sports bar kind of thing. Which you get it like everybody always just gets pizza or burgers, but mm-hmm. there is, if you wanted to, I don't know, look at a vegetable. That is a possibility there. It's obviously not in McDonald's, um, but yeah, this I am completely wiped. Um, I also realized my own age because I was at an event that my work organized, at which there was like a special guest, and I was like, I yeah, fair enough, um, whatever. I didn't really pay attention to it because I had like 20 people to try and negotiate on a bus up and down. Hadn't really tried to find out who the special guest was. And then it was just some guy from TikTok, right? Uh, Some Irish TikTok guy. And he came into the room and I was like, Jesus. Like I found out about five minutes before he was coming in who it was. And one, I'd never heard of him. And two, I was just like, Jesus, that's like a really lame guest to get. You know those clips of, like, the Beatles going to America in the 60s? Oh, no, really? That is, like, people were crying when they saw this guy. People were having, like, you know, hyperventilating when they saw just this bloke who was, like, he does kind of funny TikToks. And he came out and he did, like, I won't name him because I don't want to fucking 
trash the dude. But, like, he came out and he did, like, half stand-up, half motivational speech for the guys. Um, and it was shit. Like, it was terrible stand-up. It was like, this guy, if it wasn't for whatever TikToks he had going viral, like, the guy was not making it as a stand-up, I'll put it that way. Um... Yeah, so I feel as old as fucking dirt. But you know what? I've got my I've got some water, which again, like you go back in time and you tell me like one day you're gonna come home after having a slap up McDonald's and be like, I fucking need water. Mm-hmm. Uh, All that salt. <laughs> and that's my body is telling me now, look, don't get me wrong, I've got the old Coke Z here mm. as well. Need a bit of flavour, you know. But uh, I've got my my big thing of water beside me just to get me through uh a night of podcasts um yeah it's been arduous it's such a first world thing to go oh i've been on so many adventurous trips that i haven't had to pay a penny for because they're going with work um that i feel a little ill but at the same time it's like fucking struggle is real man (laughs) (laughs) all i can say is wait till you have kids and then I obviously in the middle of yeah this this is very true but in the middle of all this I had to sit down and watch uh, an episode of Thunder that I mean I put more thought into my nutrition the last 72 hours than was put into this program start to finish uh, but more on that anon um, how how has your week been? I feel like I've monopolised things by just fucking writing a diary entry here i'd say i i feel like i uh brian brian alvarez the start of the show where i went dave tell us about your week and just didn't come back yeah. for 15 minutes yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> um yeah my week's grand. look it's christmas it's busy i've had one birthday already this month i will have a second birthday this month and then christmas neither of which yours no 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 i i'm not that that fain that i have two birthdays Um, I tell you what, you are uh, a man of precision to have two children born the same month. That is that is the kind of consistency people pay us the big bucks for. (laughs) Just very much a Lee Malone mentality of no, we're getting the fucking birthdays done in one month. Fuck it. I'm not going to Smith's twice to get two sets of toys. Listen, if I could have picked any month other than December, I would have. It's just the way <laughs> she happens. It's the way the cookie crumbles, exactly. my friend. Um, yeah, no, just busy work, life, mm. I'm excited for the festive season because we've got some, you know, after this show, we've got some fun <laughs> podcasts to record for this month. That's the other thing, Dave. We have, oh, roughly 18 podcasts to do between now and Christmas Day. Yeah, yeah. We'll get it done, don't you worry. Oh, we will. But but things get more fun after this because we've got, you know, um, we'll talk about it in the control centre, but we've got, like, some some different bits and pieces coming up uh, this month that I'm looking forward to. That'll be something I really like about podcasting in December is that you're kind of, with both my podcasts, this and Link to the Cast, plug, 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 um... I do stuff that's out of the ordinary. That's not just the usual kind of weekly. Not that I don't enjoy doing Days of Thunder, but it's nice to freshen things up, watching something different every now and then. Yeah, you work with professionals. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, So yeah, we we get to do some of that stuff and over on Link to the Cast, I'll be doing Game of the Year. So it's a a good month. Obviously by professional, I mean lean. Yeah, yeah. You work with with characters all the time. 100%. 100%. Not that guy, you know, always, you know, muttering about white power under his breath. Um, a <laughs> little bit odd. Anyway, 
Um, we're not watching a Harris Brothers mixtape, by the way. No matter how many times I, I listen, he those insists, DMs, it's just like you know, I, I understand he has the playlist saved, but yeah, yeah, I can't believe he's getting like a full replica sleeve of their tattoos. I mean, who makes that for you? But look, do you know what? It's it's his Christmas money. He can do what he yeah, wants with true. it. Do you know? I I just think you know a public statement about squandering the, the you got to be kidding me Patreon money on um, right wing tattoos would have been. <laughs> do you know it, it would have been honest, but I mean do you know, I, I I don't think Liam will be too happy with uh Garrett. Do you know Garrett can do what he wants? Do you know it's a free country. Yeah, Not is. that he wants it to be a free country, but it is one currently. Which country? Well, well, well look, you know. Let's not get into that, shall we? Um, <laughs> Hello, my friends. Has that holiday rush got you neglecting meals? Well, look no further than Ho Ho Hello Fresh this Christmas season. With Hello Fresh, you get farm fresh pre portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on Hello Fresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. It's the most festive time of year, and Hello Fresh is here to make the most out of every moment. From holiday hosting to dinners during busy weeknights, you can count on HelloFresh to deliver fresh ingredients and seasonal recipes. Tis the season for saving money wherever we can. HelloFresh is cheaper than grocery shopping and 25% less expensive than takeout. So you can use those savings for holiday gifts or to treat yourself. HelloFresh is a treat in itself. Am I right? To avail of the offer being made to Days of Thunder listeners, please go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW18 and use the code VOW18 for 18 free meals plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash VOW18. Use code VOW18 at checkout. It's HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. This is Thunder Episode 62, a taped special from Penn State airing on the 6th of May, 2022, gaining um, what I would think, even for this time, is a fairly surprisingly low rating of a 2.8. Oof. We haven't dipped below the 3 in a little while, if memory serves. Um, Now, I think within minutes of starting this show, it became apparent why that was. Um, But I, I just wanted to reflect on... We're almost halfway through 1999, Lee. Yeah. Um, it's a weird feeling. This feels like, I think we had said it all the way through covering 1998 on the show, that 1999 was going to be the year that felt like the worst slog. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the worst part of the worst slog, this part of the year, because we're about three months away from where the fun bad era starts. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Era. You know, uh, as he off as he so often is, Double J will be the harbinger for fun bad. Um, as will the later arrival of Vince Russo. But you know, well, let's not get let's not put the car before the horse here. Um, how are you feeling having survived now nearly five full months of nineteen ninety nine WCW? Um, tired. Uh. <laughs> it's it, it's not good um, it hasn't been a good year they've had h- high points but yeah. man the lows have been low um, and what I think we've talked about this plenty of times on the show what kills me the most is seeing the opportunities that are handed to them 
that yeah. they continually squander. And yeah. that's just frustrating as hell to relive. Mm. But I, 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 I want to say that this show tonight is simultaneously the absolute worst Thunder we've ever watched and the best. Yeah. It was the best because you were liberally fast-forwarding it. No? Well. Um, no, for, for the close of the show, I think it was incredible. Okay, okay. Well, I, I can't wait to get to that. Um, I found the vast majority of this show to be one of the most... It's like... I suppose the current day example is like one of those rampages where they don't even try book anything interesting. And it's almost like you feel like WCW is directly telling you you're an idiot for watching this. Yeah, I mean, Nothing important is going to happen tonight. And that, I imagine, plays a heavy part in why we got to a, a 2.8. Because just from the amount of pre-records and previously ons we got on the in the first half hour of this show i wouldn't be fucked but today opens the show by saying they're gonna recap the second reign of ddp and rick flair's presidency thus far yeah so if that doesn't tell you what's coming up on this show and we're entering as we kind of talked about on the smackdown pilot we're entering the the start of the only way to open a professional wrestling show is with video packages and uh, lengthy in-ring promos. Mm-hmm. The idea of just starting with a hot match is is it's dead. Going out the window. Mm-hmm. Like it's still a thing on pay-per-view. Thank God. Uh I'm I feel like there are going to be months in 1999 where we're going to be lurching towards a pay-per-view because at least even if it's a bad opener at least WCW pay-per-views still have very little of the backstage, previously on, uh, lengthy Gene Okerlund promo yeah, they'll, they'll, things. They'll, they'll still have good workers put together that can't help but have a good match sometimes. Yeah, and nothing like, you know, well, seldom uh, do matches outstay their welcome. Mm. You know, there's a few of them we've talked about, uh, particularly in the last few pay-per-views, but like by and large, matches kind of zip by on the pay-per-view. Um, but anyway, you, you kind of alluded to it there. We we basically recap the entirety of the double title switch Nitro. Yes. Um, One part that I liked about that is we got the finishing stretch of that Sting DDP match again, which I still insist absolutely rocked. Incredible. Yeah. Um, that then leads to the segment again. We already recapped Nash challenging DDP. Um, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we got uh, a, like, it's such a break with the style of WCW. This video package they then do for uh, Nash and DDP. With the old promo pictures. Yeah. Where it's like, it goes from, you know, they're all these kind of real late 90s video graphics usually and that kind of that kind of music Mm -hmm. in all of them and it goes to this one where it looks like Nash and DDP are promoting their fall collection uh, ahead of like Paris Fashion Week or something it's just this much more kind of like I liked it like because it was an interesting more stylized video that had like a, a modicum of art direction what, behind us. What, what was that gimmick on SmackDown for like six weeks? The the male model thing. Oh, maximum yeah, male yeah, models. Yeah, yeah. Is that it? Yeah. 
Yeah. I still have not, apart from like tweets, I haven't digested one minute of that on the television at all. Um, and, you're, you know, you're I'm, not I'm, into I'm better the off. LA night. No, I'm, oh, I am absolutely not. No. Uh, after that, we then get, and this I imagine, I I haven't looked up the, the segment ratings on this in the old Observer or anything like that, but I imagine this is the moment where it starts to crater because we get a third successive video package. Mm-hmm. And this is another lengthy one. And it's it's one we've seen about half of before, which is recapping Flair losing it and going into the asylum. And they've just kind of tacked on some of the stuff that happened after the last video package about Flair losing it. Um, the only redeeming quality of that one is that still every time I hear the phrase Roderick Piper... I will pop for it. <laughs> and I am not ashamed. And AAA. Yes, yes. AAA. That is that is still good stuff. Um then we go to our uh, first match. Actually, who do you, who do you think is more problematic? The AAA that was in the insane asylum with Rick or the actual promotion AAA? Oh. It's probably Asylum AAA. He's definitely said some things, hasn't he? He's definitely said some things, but I like at least he didn't have a national TV presence after this. <laughs> Not that I know of anyway. He could be like a background extra in a hundred things for all I know. Um, but he hasn't had a long enough platform to milkshake duck himself. Um, next up, we have Perry Saturn and Raven versus Scotty Riggs. And do you hear that faintly on the breeze? It could only be an Enos alert. And sadly, Lee, I have terrible news for the Thunder Buddies. It's the last of the Enos. This is the last of the Enos. This is the last Mike Enos Thunder appearance of all time. Now, he is still in WCW. Mm Mm-hmm through late 99 I'm not sure if we'll ever encounter him again because I was looking at the the matches he has and most of them after this are on Saturday night Um, and I don't think he appears in any like pay-per-view battle royals or anything like that though I could be mistaken so I think we're going to have to accept that this is the end of the Enos he is getting the shaft I'm sad to see the Enos go the Enos is getting off as we speak um yeah i i like i knew it was i knew the enus was coming but i didn't know i didn't know the end of the enus would come this soon and it's just a real mess um that we have to clean up here he's exploded onto our screens for the last time he has all over it um at least he brought some new gear he brought some new gear which seems like a waste of money in hindsight but um, I'll tell you who wasn't respecting the Enos tonight. Uh, and that's Raven and Perry Saturn. Because these men, and I know it's Raven's gimmick, but these men could not have communicated we're not arsed any louder than if they got on the microphone and shouted we're not arsed. Well, well, first of all, did you notice how fucking horrendous the overdubbing was on Raven's entrance? Yes. To the fact you heard the first 20 seconds of his actual WCW song. I feel like 
there was one person put on the job of redubbing all the WCW themes, which means he had to watch all this shit like we do. And he got to this point in 99 and his spirit is broken. And he's just like, fuck it. I'm just overdubbing the track. I don't care. I'm not listening back to it. It's going to have to do. That's like, you know what? It's quite possible. Yeah. Um, the second thing that you know, you just know these two do not give a fuck is, first of all, Perry Saturn is laughing. Yeah. And second, we have to talk about Raven's combat shorts. Take us on a visual tour of Raven's get up here. So Raven comes out and he has, you know, the, the leather jacket and, or not the, 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 yeah, he does. It's leather jacket, isn't it? Yeah. And the, the band t-shirt or whatever it is he wears. Um, mm-hmm. He has the, the plaid shirt wrapped around his waist. But then it's mm-hmm. it's not the, the denim cutoffs. He has the John Cena-esque camo yeah. uh, shorts and it's very off-putting is uh is pioneering the camo shorts it's, it's kind of um, it's kind of weird and unsettling yeah it it is slightly off-putting um do do you think raven makes... just showed up and did not want to work it's entirely possible and i, I with the opponents and with the card on offer tonight i can't exactly say as i blame him like did this, um, like you said, this was the second part of a, a double taping. Yeah. It's possible they were on the first half of the taping. Yeah. And they were scrambling to fill time, so they just asked Raven and Sarton to do a match. Let me have a look, because, it's, I mean, it's a terrible reflection on us that we can't remember. Two weeks ago. Um, the, the Thunder 61. Uh, Didn't we watch a Nitro results. in between, though? Or was uh, that before? Nope. It was the, this was the night that we watched Smackdown at the same time oh, so listen, it's a, it's a I've, I've erased all of that from my fucking memory yeah uh, I, I suppose as well you should have um, they actually didn't wrestle uh, on that show but so they, they were appear? flown out to wrestle on that they may have appeared but they didn't wrestle um, so they may have been flown out to wrestle on the second half uh, but still couldn't fucking care well, I did like that they brought up once again that Scotty Riggs was in the flock well the, the, I tweet about this is like Mike Tanay seems to be the only one that either knows or cares anything that happened more than five minutes ago mm. in this company because there's no real reaction from the crowd more about the crowd in a second but there's no real reaction from the crowd when Riggs and Raven stand off and go at it with each other um, and there's no kind of like acknowledgement from the way they're wrestling each other that they have history. Like it's where these two men had never met uh, for the most part. Uh, but Mike Tanay is reminding you of that while I'm on the crowd, Lee. As Tom Zenk once said, a lot of people dressed as fucking chairs in that building tonight. Holy shit. Okay, the hard camera side was empty. Yeah. And yet there seem to be a lot of fans to the left of the hard cam. Yeah. It's really like, I know a lot of people do the piss break in between the first and second matches, but we've seen, or sorry, the last match of the first half and the first match of the second half. Um, We, however, have seen taped thunders, seldom, I will admit, where they put on a match with either a recognisable talent that people like, or even rarer, a good match. Mm. And people run back to those seats. 
Uh, this was not on this of night. Cases. On this night, I think there might have been a rush for people to find their fucking cars. Uh, because yes, some people did come back and it kind of filled out a bit on the hard cam as the show went on. But uh, yeah, I'd say there was some people that just went the fuck home. Mm, couldn't blame them, honestly. No, absolutely um, couldn't. This match was a whole lot of fucking nothing, wasn't it? Uh, which is kind of a running theme of the night, I would mm-hmm. say. Um, the only thing about it that it is of any interest for us to take out for continuity is the stuff around Perry Saturn's shoulder, uh, which seems to be playing into the, the tag team match that's happening at the weekend. Mm-hmm. So he's a heavily, like, I mean, makes DDP's ribs look 100% how heavily he's taped his shoulder here. It may as well have been taped in a massive arrow pointing at his shoulder. Um, and after the match, or it, it plays into the finish of the match, should I say, um, there's a couple of good spots in here. Um, even though the, so the Enos tries to finish early, um, it does happen to some men. Um, there is a cool, not quite total elimination. That's like a standing sidekick, low leg sweep mm. combo that I thought was pretty cool. And those two absolutely should have done more. Um, Enos hardens up and gets the heat for a moment, but Riggs comes in and their offense immediately flops. Um, commercial break and um, the uh, the Enos, he's back on top and he's working away. He's pounding vigorously away stiff again, at his he? opponents. He's working stiff. Um, crowd is absolutely dead for pretty much the entirety of this match. Mm-hmm. Um... Enos is flopping Raven about, uh, trying to do the mock tag with Raven's hand. And that's normally a good heat getting spot. In fact, we can talk about later where Dean Malenko essentially does the same thing and actually does get a reaction out of the same crowd. Um, but no one cares. No one cares. Uh, and I think it, do you think Lee, like, obviously this is them in their third hour of WCW shit. But do you think part of it is just that there is not one person in this building that believed for a single second that Raven and a half-alive Saturn were going to be in any trouble here? I think that's very much the reason why nobody actually was invested in this or any other match on the show, really. Mm. Um, Riggs gets a chair, uh, accidentally smacks the Enos around with it a bit. Um, and Raven then drop kicks the chair into Riggs' head. Raven gets the even flow, but Riggs breaks it up. Uh, Riggs gets distracted, and Saturn hits what is a fairly impressive one-armed Death Valley driver, uh, and they win. Um, like you said, nothing match, um, but at least it furthers the kind of injury angle with Saturn if you're going to try and pluck one thing from it, you know? Next up, another video package. Roddy Piper video package, just because. And then we get a flashback to Roddy and Paige's confrontation from Nitro that we already covered. Um, and then this leads to them re-showing the closing stretch of the Sting match. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. Like, we are six segments into the show. Four of them have been video packages. Mm-hmm. No, five of them. Only one of them hasn't. Yeah, that was the, the match. match. Yeah, there was only one segment. There's a match and five video packages in the first six segments. Like that's 
you think about what that does to an audience, especially because like Nitro was still absolutely like it, it was head and shoulders in terms of ratings above Thunder, right? Mm-hmm. And this isn't the kind of like demented Vince McMahon a few years later thinking he can create two completely separate audiences with Raw and SmackDown with different rosters. It was like, this was pretty much the same people watching Nitro and Thunder. So I do get the whole, you know, every wrestling show is someone's first wrestling show. So you need to do a bit of context. You need to do a bit of recapping. And if you have like a really salient, really fucking fiery hot angle, you should replay the fuck out of it. Absolutely. But holy shit, like this is replays of things that by and large either weren't interesting or the vast majority of this audience already saw. The one exception I will say is that you should show the closing stretch of that DDP and um, Sting match. That's absolutely fine. But here, here's the other um, thing. How much of this stuff is going to matter come the end of Slambury? Because <laughs> they're into another pay-per-view cycle then and it's a brand new start. Yep, absolutely. Every month is a complete, like, fucking throw the baby out with the bathwater now at this mm-hmm. stage. Um... We get a plug for WCW Saturday Night and we're getting to that phase now, Lee, where I'm starting to think that WCW Saturday Night is the better show. Well, yeah, because, like, because that, that, nobody pays attention to it. Yeah, that that's the B show. Do you know what Saturday Night reminds me of when I hear some of the talent on it? Do you remember when, during one of the periods, it was like the 2007-2008 period when Russo was booking TNA hmm. and everyone was saying, look, it's some of the worst wrestling TV that's ever been made, but their house shows are insane. Because they have this stacked roster of guys. And on the house shows, Russo's not there. So these guys just get to fucking wrestle. And it's awesome. Uh, And I feel like that's what WCW Saturday Night is. Especially because Tanae was talking about how it's going back to a two-hour format this week. Um, So, like, you're getting two hours of guys that I, I... cannot believe for a single second that Kevin Nash was paying attention as Booker to what was happening on Saturday night. Um, So I can't imagine it was ever as arduous a watch. Now, I'm sure it's absolutely rammed with video packages is yeah, the other course. thing. So we're not going to escape that problem. And, that's and that's prob- a production problem. And probably dusty commentary. Yeah, God. Right, well, actually, at the moment, it's Tanae and Scott Hudson. Okay, that's not too bad. So we're, we're good for now. Um... But anyway, on Saturday night this week, you've Disco, you've Hack and Chastity, you've B Team and Stevie Ray. Those aren't great, but then you're being told that you're getting Raven versus Malenko one on one. Hell yeah! Honestly, that by itself, orders of magnitude better than anything we got on this. Give me a twelve minute Raven Malenko match. Speaking of things that were not better than that idea, Eric Watts versus Rick Steiner now. I say it wasn't a good idea. We are starting to go into the period of Rick Steiner just roughing dudes up. We talked about this a couple Mm -hmm. of weeks ago. And there will always be, I was going to say 20%, probably closer to 40% of me that's going to find that extremely fun regardless of the context. Yeah. But, But at the same time, you're kind of like, I'd like them to see them do something with Rick Steiner because he's still very popular. You know, is, we never really got. He's still pretty. Like I even remember watching it in um, two thousand, two thousand and one, and going, "Hey, like they're not really putting this guy in a prominent spot, but people really like him." You know, 
Um, People really liked Crash Holly. He didn't deserve to be put in a prominent spot. Ooh, you might get a tweet. You might get a tweet or two on that one. People love Crash Holly, man. Yeah, that's my point. He was very likable. Now, my point is, whatever about whether you do something with Rick Steiner or not, I would prefer you absolutely didn't do anything with Eric Watts. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Look. Now, I will say, I'm thinking that uh, Matt Hardy watched his Eric Watts tapes and got some wardrobe ideas for the next four or five years. Yes, he does look like... Uh, Giant Matt. Yeah, basically. Yeah. The older Hardy brother. He's like that forgotten Jackson. Do you know what, um, I don't think we've ever shared this on the air. Do you know what an off-putting presence uh, Matt Hardy is in the year of our Lord 2022 and since his arrival in AEW is that you and I are in a group chat. Uh, It's you and I and uh, Chris from the cast and the Furious over on our Patreon um, and Jeff, formerly of the Strong Style Story podcast. um, And we tend to, you know, chat while dynamite is going on and since he showed up during the it was the first year of the pandemic wasn't it yes he showed up yeah during the, he showed up with the fucking, during the daily's the place. And all that, yeah. yeah since matt hardy showed up there has been an unspoken rule that whoever is in that chat as soon as matt hardy appears on the screen on aw programming one of us is contractually bound to tweet in all caps fuck off matt into the chat you, you say one of us it's normally you and chris uh, to be fair, to be fair, Jeff has helped out. Yes. Je- Jeff has helped out, and it will be pointed out to me if he's on the screen and I'm talking and I haven't said it yet that it's time to say it. <laughs> um, and I'll tell you, the catharsis that comes with it is great. It makes him a lot more tolerable that I can vent my spleen at the start of a segment. Um, I won't get into how actually some of the stuff he's been doing on the YouTube shows is. I would go to the point of mildly interesting uh, as far as like the low, low bar for Matt Hardy is now. But uh, I'll wait till Rebby shows up. Yeah, I know. We were all waiting for that day. Um, do you know what was cute in this match, Lee? Uh, <laughs> What's your definition of cute when Rick Steiner is fucking it was, embarrassing a man? It was adorable that Eric Watts started off this match trying to razzle Rick okay. Steiner. As if anybody in the universe was going to go, do you know what? Eric Eric Watts could take Rick Steiner in a shoot did, fight. Did you not listen to your uh, 1992 and 1993 WCW tapes where Eric Watts is put over as a high school wrestling champion? Great. He's not Rick Steiner though, is he? Well, no. Nobody's Rick Steiner. No. Nobody's Rick Steiner. And nobody's going to disagree with Rick Steiner. <laughs> I think yeah, no one's going to be Rick Steiner. <laughs> Especially because, like... Uh, do you know what? I want Braun... For, for all the... If, I was going to say, I want Braun Breaker to just go full Rick Steiner. But the thing is, like, I've always thought since day one when I saw Braun Breaker, as like, he looks way more like he's Scott's son than Rick's son. He does, but I want him to go... F- f- forget Scott. Just go full Rick Steiner. How yeah, look? How how are you going to say something like forget Scott Steiner? Like that's a thing that's actually possible to do. <laughs> One of the most singular human beings I've ever seen in my fucking life. Oh yeah, I'll just throw the fucking chainmail weirdo out of my head. Will I? <laughs> I wish he was still barred from the Hall of Fame, just so we can keep seeing that picture. Oh my god! Don't let this man in. Right. So 
the razzling goes about as well as you expect. Uh, he takes a powder a couple of times, but on the third time, Rick just is like, I think he's trying to do the powder thing again, and Rick is obviously sick of him just going out of the ring. So he just holds on to him by the waist and throws him with, like, very close to a shoot belly to belly. Um, and then gets the kind of, like, the rear mount and starts throwing in those, like, just fucking... Disgusting cross faces. Disgusting crossface strikes, like absolutely, like ringing his bell with every single one of them. Um, outside the ring, and Eric gets thrown into the steps. Uh, he tries to fight back, but a German suplex shows him who's boss. Uh, more roughing him up around. Like again, it's just there aren't so much spots as him just like scrambling and clawing to try and get away from him. It, it, it's it's that cartoon, you know, the cat trying to get away from the dog, fucking clawing yeah. at the ground. Yeah. Um. Were you trying? Did you forget Tom and Jerry? No, I just I was being generic. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were like you know the cartoon with the cat. I was like, I've heard of it. Yeah, Tom and Jerry. Um, he he eventually <laughs> I, I, hits the. Actually, mentioned Tom and Jerry. Did did you see that tweet about Mickey Mouse? Oh, that he's going in the public yeah. domain. Yeah, no, I I had seen that he was, but I haven't seen the tweet. Uh, there's a great what, tweet. What? Yeah, I can't read that on air. Okay. It's basically <laughs> right. you can do whatever you want with Mickey Mouse. Uh no, I have yes. seen the tweet. Yeah, yes, yeah. I have. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I, I can't wait to see, like, some of the, like, because, you know, you've seen the Winnie the Pooh blood and honey mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, so, like, some of that shit is going to be happening with Mickey Mouse soon. And, yeah, then probably some more of that fucked up stuff you're referring to. <laughs> oh, I'm well. not the one that made it to me. <laughs> no, luckily, we know you have the websites bookmarked in advance. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> could be worse. You could have the same websites bookmarked as Garrett That's does. True. That's we'll true. say no more about that. Um, Rick eventually hits the bulldog, the bulldog, uh, and then gets an in- Indian deathlock, chinlock combo uh, to put it to bed. Um, and then Lee, I know you've been thinking, Jesus, it's been at least five minutes since the video package, but thank God there's one here again. We get to see Nash again laying out the four corner challenge on Nitro, and then they just play a bunch of this match, like a whole bunch of this match, which as we recounted wasn't very good I will say this is where I start skipping the show I just yeah. couldn't watch I couldn't I couldn't give up the time to watch it again and and would that be because straight after this we got another video package yep and after that now, video package we got another video package now this middle video package is like they did a video package sandwich because this middle video package that was about Sting versus Goldberg was, was actually yeah, alright yeah. was actually alright uh, I love the angle that for some reason has just appeared all of a sudden that they must have referred to on the Nitro we missed and they're now replaying the soundbite from uh, Tony. Who is the franchise? That's a cool angle to take for the first Sting versus Goldberg. Not when the arrival of the other franchises. Looming. Well, this is actually like, this is my... <laughs> I was gonna say... <laughs> it's like he just shows up in the middle. Could you imagine? This the crowd would be ripping their seats up and throwing them at the ring. And not in a fucking not in a good heat kind of way. <laughs> if I like you get the feeling with some of these crowds that they are like one more WCW bait and switch away from a full on mutiny. And I think like having Triple H versus Goldberg interrupted by Shane Douglas probably would do the Did job. You say Triple H? 
Shane Douglas. You said Triple H versus Goldberg interrupted by Shane. Yeah. Did I? I'm, I don't know where that came from in my head. Sting versus Shane Douglas. Or Sting versus Goldberg. And then Shane Douglas comes in. Maybe I'm just, I have in the back of my head Triple H's tendency to annoy thing, <laughs> to or, beat or, Goldberg. things. To beat Goldberg. His tendency to beat Goldberg. Jesus, he loved it. Oh, uh, I can't wait for the franchise to show up. Yeah, our uh, yeah our third video package then is the gorgeous George versus um, Little Nate oh feud. My which God, that Jesus line from Christ! Oh my God, that he thinks is like the funniest line because he did it like two or three times. No, I think they just repeated it two or three times. No, he he said it. I th- I think he says it to Flair on the phone when he's still in the asylum because I've I've heard him say the line before and not in the in ring segment where he says it to her face. Um, yeah, uh, I'm not even gonna repeat the line, but uh, yeah, it's basically the whole thing is like he's calling her a stupid bimbo. Um, and then we get I know Lee, you're just like, oh, these video packages are exhausting, I could use some hot wrestling action. Well, thank god, because we've got Brian Adams and Horace Hogan with Stevie Ray versus your favorite tag team on the earth, disorderly conduct. Okay, so I'm going to read out verbatim what my notes are for this match. Okay. So, Disorderly Conduct make their entrance first. Mm-hmm. The NWO come out. Mm-hmm. And my first note is, fuck this, I'm going to bed. <laughs> so I did. Do you, know, do you know what my first note was? Well, this is my own circle of hell. So I said, fuck this, I'm going to bed. Now... Two days later, I'm back, and I want to turn it off again. Mm-hmm. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM. You'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion? Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This was the toughest. I gutted it out to the end of the next match before I took a break between nights because I knew kind of like what happened to you is like if I stopped during this match and then tomorrow night I have to start back with this match, it's going to be very I didn't difficult. get to the match. I got to the entrance. Um, <laughs> at some point, I just all caps, this fucking sucks. I hate this. Yeah. Uh, Brian Adams should join Disorderly Conduct. <laughs> Spike pile driver. But what is it? What would he? What would he be? What would his uh, alliterative name be? Ooh, Beefy Brian. Mm. I was gonna say brutal Brian, but brutal Brian. He is fucking that, that, brutal. That's I'll what tell I was thinking. That. Yeah, botchy. And not a fucking heavy metal sort botchy of way. Brian. Botchy Brian. Bollocks Brian. Mm. 
Trying to think around and anything that goes out. Or to be like in 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 reference to like how fucking dull and boring he is, he'd be just Brian. <laughs> his, his tough Tom, mean Mike, Brian, and Brian. <laughs> Brian upside down exclamation. Yeah, yeah Brian. <laughs> I'll read anything you put on the teleprompter. Um, um, here's the thing for you. That I had a question about this match. And I know in just asking this question, I have automatically thought deeper about it than anyone. I think I know what your question is going to be. The match. Are the B-team faces? I knew that was going to be your question. <laughs> well, yes, they are stars. Yeah. Stars. Um, because, like, I, I was never under any illusion. Like, I didn't really think disorderly conduct were necessarily faces because they're fucking well, jobbers. Me, they me, Mike, me are, Mike doesn't work face. They are too low on the pecking order to have a distinction between heel and face. But like, at the NWO and the NWOB team are still heels. But in this one match that went on entirely too long, I think they're supposed to be baby faces. They're stars and stars don't lose. So you have to support the stars. (laughs) I guess. Um, Horace started out this match as fiery as Horace Hogan can. Uh, which by by that I mean he just took a stroll around the ring. He, he has a bomb on his uh, on his singlet now. He sure well he's the H bomb. Um, so uh, like, what more would you expect? Because writing H bomb, yeah, what wasn't wasn't H bomb written on them? People probably couldn't understand that. I mean, he certainly couldn't. Um, so they put a H bomb on it for I, him. I'd say he's about as lethal as one of those bombs in a. What what's that minesweeper? Minesweeper, yeah. Jesus, there's a throwback. Um, I will say, as slow as he was walking around the ring, he was the fucking roadrunner compared to when Brian Adams got in. Mm-hmm. Brian Adams didn't fancy working tonight. <laughs> Not that every night since nineteen ninety two. Yeah, I was gonna say he uh he's in for like forty five seconds, the culmination of which is him hitting a gut buster. And I immediately looked at his face and I was like, this cunt's blown up. Like, he is sucking air after less than a minute in the ring. They could be they could be um, levels above sea, sea level, Dave. You don't know. Could be hard to breathe in that no. arena. <laughs> yeah, they could be up in, in Denver or something like that. Not actually Penn State. Um, hey, the funniest line on this whole show happens during this match. Did you catch it? No. We got an update. Um... On a match that I absolutely, without hesitation, would love to see. They let us know what's happening what in the life of David Flair at the moment. Oh, I did. So, Ric Flair is out of the asylum now, and he is looking for vengeance. And obviously, the two people that put him in the funny farm uh, that colluded together were Roddy Piper and his son, David Excuse Flair. Excuse me, that's Roderick Piper? Roderick Piper, Esquire, and David Flair. Uh, sorry, Gormless idiot, David Flair. <laughs> I was thinking, how has he got to extend David? <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so today, let us know that on Monday, Ric Flair decided... In Charlotte. He was going to... He was going to and by the way, I know this is storyline punishment, but it's also legit punishment. It's like maybe he actually was heated at David for something because he decided in his infinite wisdom that he was going to have his actual shoot son... Wrestle shoot maniac, Mang. You should have just left that at shoot Mang. 
<laughs> shoot, yeah. <laughs> shoot, bang. <laughs> yeah. That's his new name. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> the hit man and the shoot man. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> oh, and I wanted, like, I wanted to become a Nitro podcast in that moment to see that match and not have to watch this match. I started asking myself questions aloud watching this match. Like, the first and foremost being, who the hell wants to see this match? Um, um, I'd say there's somebody. Okay, that isn't related to any of these men. I can think of one person. <laughs> I know exactly who you're going to say. Who? Is it, it is Aaron. Aaron <laughs> is going to see this Who's see getting... this this rundown for the show and go hell yeah. Disorderly <laughs> conduct yeah. on the B show. Yeah, yeah, she's absolutely going to do that. <laughs> It's going to have to be, like, maybe it, the, these matches are going to get so bad that we'd have to draft her in as a correspondent if we literally physically God, can't put ourselves through them anymore. We don't want to do this anymore. Just fill in for, like, six months. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I don't think we could ever subject any of our listeners to the fucking trough that is 97, 99 Thunder in some points. Jesus Christ. Um... I also then asked, it was interesting because the next question I asked myself is, what is the purpose of this match? Which got me on to thinking about um, what has been one of the capital D discourse things on on Twitter this week, on wrestling Twitter. Uh, Have you followed this discussion about kind of like the purpose of professional wrestling? No, because Twitter is trash. So there was a really like, like there was kind of, it was one of those things where there are kind of shite takes either side and the truth, though no one uh, taking up those stances will admit is somewhere in the middle, where somebody had a thing about how um, if a match doesn't have... Like, I'm paraphrasing heavily here, but the essential message was if a match doesn't have writing and storyline and capital D drama behind it, then it serves no purpose. Mm. Um... This was met with, as often, like somebody comes in with this side of a hot take, the equal and opposing force is going to come in. And everybody says, well, like the purpose of professional wrestling is as a simulated sport, not as a soap opera or anything like that. Um, And this became the back and forth on, on, on Twitter a bit this week. And I found myself thinking about this argument during this because this certainly serves neither purpose because it doesn't. Uh, it isn't. It doesn't look remotely like an actual sporting contest, and it also serves no storyline basis whatsoever. So I started thinking a bit about this, and like I don't know where you stand on it, and I would actually like to hear your thoughts on it. But like I feel like there is an element of truth to both. There is an element to which people are overstating both as well, because I think I would lean more towards the uh, like I'm not going to have the whole thing be like. Cr- fucking crumbly dry this is a sporting contest thing but I would kind of like in terms of how I would put matches together and how I would make wins and losses matter I would see a lot of that philosophy in the way I would like my wrestling mm-hmm. Um, but I do feel there needs to be recognition that at, even though that is the definitely the roots of wrestling and that is like the basics of wrestling as a simulated sport 
I do feel the what it is at its core has moved on, developed, evolved since then. And I think, I don't think either are 100% necessary. For, I, th- I think all genres of wrestling, when done well, this is something we said before when the, like, the intergender thing has come up or, or anything like that. I think when any, or comedy wrestling or anything, when any genre, any philosophy of wrestling is done and structured well, it can be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to get into the, because one of my, like one of my bugbears is the whole people hand-waving going, wrestling is a variety show and things like that. Like I'm not that extreme about it, but I do think, I do think there's room for the sweet and the savory. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I'm very much of the same opinion as yourself where I don't want just guys showing up in trunks and just wrestling and wrestling is wrestling and that that's what it is. You you yeah. need the best of both worlds, um, yeah. and it's very much the more straight laced wrestling works opposite the more wacky. Everything needs to have a reason to happen, storyline driven stuff. You need mm-hmm. both to have a fulfilling show. Yeah, and yes, you're gonna have some elements of both in some stories. You're gonna have some el- no elements yeah. of either. Or you know one or the other in in uh, other stories, and that's that's wrestling. That's what wrestling is. Yeah, it it's not a either or thing. It's you have to have both, but you don't always have to have one or the other. I I think if you had to pick one to watch and stand alone by itself, I think the simulated sport mm-hmm. idea probably functions better as professional wrestling without the bells and whistles on it than the kind of overly art dramatic side can't really stand alone without good wrestling no. as a foundation mm-hmm. for very long um, you can definitely bells, there's always going to be that portion of a wrestling audience particularly the casual TV viewing audience who are just and we've been we've both been to WWE house shows and the amount of people in those crowds who are just entrances and finishers and anything in between that don't give a fuck you it, know what it, I mean and, and that's cool they're there for the, the spectacle of it and things like that but I think that is your to go back to something I was talking about before the show. That is your your high fructose, your your junk mm-hmm. food. You can't you can't be sustained by that alone. No. Um, whereas I think like as a watchable logical project, maybe the 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 simulated sport idea functions best. But like you said, it's kind of bringing both together on a show is is the sweet spot. I think particularly for American wrestling mm-hmm. which we we obviously talk about mostly on this show um it also makes me think of the whole you know um mjf obviously being um aw champion at the moment and we all know like his in terms of his like promo ability and his ability to convey a story and things like that he's like right up the top and where he started kicking into the next level for me and being like this is no as he would call himself i was like this guy is a generational talent like is when all of a sudden he could actually also wrestle really fucking good and i think there's a lot of folks who are very slow to are still slow to accept that I, I think, yeah, it's hard to shift first impressions, mm-hmm. and I totally respect that. But I think you, you watch that guy, and you can't not... Like, if you're trying to take your own personal biases or what your first impression of him was, either way, you, you can't look at that guy and not go, like, that's one of the the most compelling figures in North American wrestling at the moment. Uh, we, we've um, said this on the show, but, like, for me, 
the moment I got MJF was when he showed up in Ireland and just start ripping on the potato famine. Earnestly, yeah. just ripping on us for the potato famine. Yeah. And and I think, like, if the, the Punk thing had reached his conclusion with him, and obviously Punk was on a hot mm-hmm. year anyway before everything happened, um, I think we'd probably look at that as a contained piece as, like, the, the best angle that company's ever done. Yeah. Um, all it was missing was the payoff. It was just fucking phenomenal. Like, I haven't got chills with a match uh, in that company this year like I got with just the fucking... The dog collar match. The, 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 the start of the dog collar match, you know? Um, I, I can honestly say that match has probably been on my home TV more than any other match because it's Connor's favourite match ever. It's... It's the easiest five stars I've given to a match in America probably since that Almas Gargano mm. match at TakeOver Philly. Um, yeah, fucking phenomenal. But that's by way of me just not talking about this tag team match for several minutes. Um, let's get back to it. Me and Mike uh, is just getting wailed on boringly. Um, I, I then started focusing on their gear I think we talked before about hit disorderly conduct just have like gear that's slightly too cheap for television like it's just very slightly ill-fitting very slightly shoddily made um and rinky dink um but I was then looking at Horace and I was like did you notice how like ridiculously high the cut on the legs of Horace oh god it's very high yeah like like Man is, like, one bad bump away from a whole bollock falling out. He's, uh, what was that character in Friends? Oh, the guy with the the gym shorts that was going out with Phoebe? Yeah, 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 where he's just, yeah, constantly hanging. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, that is totally him. Uh, A nice uh, recent reference there. The old, of course, yeah, Captain Currency, Liam alone. Um, we get a, yeah, the only remotely interesting move in this match is the finish, uh, double team spike pile driver. Um, and I, I think that maybe it was just the angle. I think Adams might have gone down on both arse cheeks for this Ooh, one. Oh, I'm not sure. I think it might be in the angle. Oh, well, Erin can let us know in the tweets. She might, she might you, do the like. Are you the not going to go back the, and rewatch it for us? I'm absolutely not going to go back I and really watch it. Should. But, uh, if she could freeze frame, if there's a moment where both cheeks are touching canvas, then we will finally have broken the curse. Is this going to be like a VAR moment for the show? Uh, no, I think it's one of those kind of like nature and agriculture things. Like if you can see uh, Brian Adams with both arse cheeks on the canvas, we get six more weeks of summer uh, kind of thing. So like, you know, fingers crossed. Um <laughs> I briefly, in the middle of this show, had such a wonderful time because Canyon is back. And I've missed Canyon. I'm gl- I'm so glad to see him. Um, now, he hasn't, in his time away, like, retooled or developed the character very much, but I'm, I'm just happy to see him back wrestling on my he TV. He had my shirt. He's, a- He's been off starring in a movie. Um... And it just gave me flashbacks to the Jesse Ventura story. Um, He says that he's been ever the cool guy. He says he's been living at large, but he's keeping it real here in the one triple nine. And then we get, this is my fist bump moment. Canyon versus Rey Mysterio Jr. 
It's a lovely little one, wasn't it? It was fine. I know. It was. Yeah, I, I it was, was disappointed. It was. Do you know what it was? It was. It's Christmas time. You've had your dinner. You've eaten all your vegetables. Dominic Mysterio showed up at the door. And your mom takes out the tin of sweets from under the tree. And she opens it. And you're hyped because you're getting sweets. But you know what she says to you? She says, just one. That's all she says. I thought you were going to say, you know what she says? They're quality street. (laughs) No, I'll I'll still take a toffee penny. Love a toffee penny. I'm not. Quality street are definitely the bottom of the Christmas sweet tins. But the toffee penny, and I can't remember the one that's like the. You can't remember because nobody buys them. (laughs) No, yeah, it's even my grandparents who are usually it's usually grandparents get Quality Street, um, and yeah, they don't get them anymore. They they still go for the uh, the tins of biscuits like the USA tin. Yeah, which is still rocking because there's a lot of like shortbread and and things like that. Quality cup of tea over Christmas, couple of biscuits, absolutely. Is there, uh, this is what, because we've got a lot of American listeners in here, and obviously big ups to our pals in Mauritius, uh, as we recently learned, we're, we're, we're one of the highest rated wrestling podcasts in Mauritius at the moment. And Sweden. So, and Sweden, yes. yeah. Um, tell me, my non-Irish UK friends, do you have this tradition of a, a tin of individually wrapped sweets, or a tin of a selection of biscuits, or as my American friends would call them different kinds of cookies. Because they're wrong. Um, that you have around the tree, around the living room, uh, at Christmas time, if guests should call over, or if you just fancied something while you're watching a bit of TV. Um, because they are really a staple. Uh, they're a staple in two ways, Lee. Um, and I, I know this of you without even ever having had this conversation with you. One, lovely tasty treat. And number two, Absolutely, in either your house or your parents' house, the tins from those tins of sweets and biscuits were absolutely used as storage for the Christmas lights and or baubles from oh, the yeah. tree. Yeah, yes, they have to. because like they were an uh, they were like an affordable metal tin once yeah, you were like, done with the sweets inside. Uh, I I could probably so it was perfect. I could storage. probably go out to my dad's shed and see tins from like the mid nineties still out there. I, to my great shame, because I am such a, like, oh my God, the capitalists, they see me coming, Lee. About two or three years ago, um, well, actually, l- l- rewind further. About 10 years ago, all the metal tins were gone and it was all plastic tubs, which just was not Christmas. It just didn't feel like Christmas. Maybe three or four years ago, in a very bringing back classic Coke formula mm. sort of way, they brought back some of the tins, but you'd pay extra. Same amount of sweets. It's a little bit extra for the metal tin. And I got so excited as I turned to Emma. Because it was, yeah, it was four years ago that I saw them first. Because it was our first Christmas living in the house together. And I said to her, amazing. Now we know what we can do with the Christmas lights. <laughs> You're such a fucking dad. And it's up in, if you, if you, if you left your cushy recording studio there, Lee, you hopped in the car and you drove... 45 minutes down to my house and you went up into my attic right now you would see I think four roses slash Cabri's celebrate or Cabri's miniature heroes tins in which we had the baubles and the lights in until we put the tree up last weekend 
I'm proud. And we also uh, we also complete the set by having random Christmas things in the crisp boxes as well. The the, the Tato twenty pack variety selection boxes. Oh fucking hell! That that I am a man. I am a reliable man. I'm traditional. That that, that is good Irish tradition. But. Your one sweet after dinner was this match because I thought, though it wasn't like a, a notebook match or anything by any means, I thought Canyon was fantastic in this match. Um, he It showcased to me why Chris Canyon was such a great and underrated guy because he's such a physically large man mm-hmm. that he's a great base for a cruiserweight guy like yep. Ray. However, he's got such a gas tank and such a wrestling IQ that he can absolutely keep pace with Ray. How many times on this show, Lee, have we even seen other cruiserweights lose track of how fast Ray is? Yeah, we've said this before, that Ray can go at like three-quarter pace just so he can be sure that his opponent will, will stay with him. Not only all that that I've described, but the other thing about Chris Canyon that I absolutely love to bits and is so rare in the late 90s, is that he has absolutely no ego about himself. Mm-hmm. He has no problem bumping around like a crazy person, making Ray look like a million dollars. Yeah, 100%. Um, that's what I loved about this match. I, I think it's. I, I think what you say is true, that it is a fairly... You imagine this match in your head, and it gets less than 10 minutes, and, you know, it does what it says on the tin. It's fine. But in terms of like analyzing one of their performances, I I think I looked at Canyon and I was just incredibly impressed, as I often am by the man. Um, I did really like they came back from the break and Tanae felt it was really important to stress that this match featuring Ray and Canyon, who is conservatively twice the size of the man, (laughs) is not for the cruiserweight title. Well, I mean, Disco Inferno had been Cruiserweight Champion not that long ago, so... This is true. But, like, Canyon is enormous. Oh, huge, like, deceptively yeah. enormous. Um, We get... Did you notice the bizarre injury in this match and how it happened? No. So they're on the outside. And Canyon goes to whip Ray into the railing. But Ray reverses the whip and Canyon goes into the mm. railing. And it's Granny takes the back into the railing. He does the kind of like straightens his back out, sells it, and he goes to flop down onto the floor. But as he does it, he flops forward too far. Penzer is sitting on his kind of metal hotel chair um, beside the ring, and Canyon catches his face on it and breaks his oh, nose. Oh, I didn't even notice. Yeah, because he rolls back, and you can see a couple of drops of blood. And you see him like hold his nose and set it or check it at least. And then for the rest of the match, he throws his hair in front of his face. Okay, I didn't even notice. So go back and watch it. I think it was like because he's the heel, he doesn't want to draw attention to the injury Mm. and get sympathy. So again, incredibly selflessly where he could have gotten people, you know, on his side rallying behind him because he's obviously, you know, like blood is pumping out of him. Um, he just kind of sticks it out. And, like, he... It is a testament to the man again, I think, Lee, that you didn't I even did, notice. I genuinely because didn't. he doesn't yeah. lose a step. He doesn't lose a step. It is 
like you don't see the moment of impact, but you see like his face go down. You can see exactly where on the chair it must have hit him, and you can see him flinch back as soon as he hits it. Definitely, like that's where it happens. Um, Kanye gets the heat. He misses a frog splash, rolls into the corner. Ray hits a Bronco Buster. Um, leg drop. Oh, oh my god. Oh my god. So Canyon is then kind of like dangling off the middle the rope and yeah. Ray comes off Ray comes off with the guillotine leg drop and Canyon is kind of turning around to face Which upward is... as he's doing it and Ray just caught him on the face again and I was just like I shrieked I was like this poor fucking guy um, I, I actually thought it looked well in that Canyon wasn't naturally just kind of yeah, lying there yeah. it was more he was like trying Look, to get out it, in, the, in the context of the match it looked great mm. but Knowing what had just happened to his face, I was like, that had to suck. Um, So then, oh, Ray goes to do his, like, springing off the middle rope and land on the guy's shoulders and do the Hurricane mm-hmm. Rana. But Canyon catches him, Elect- bases, and hits a sit-out face buster, mm-hmm. which looked really cool uh, from the electric chair position. Uh, sunset fit from Ray. Uh, Canyon hits a sit-out dominator for two. Ray starts firing up, and this is like, oh, I hated this finish. Okay. Um. Well, I'm not hating. I was just gonna strong, say, I actually kind of like. I actually thought the finish was pretty good. Kind. I kind of get why they're doing it, but like, I kind of just do the finish or just do the post match. I don't think you need to do both. I think it's I, overkill. I to think be Malenko and Benoit being in the ring was too much. If he had to just yeah. cut them off at the apron. That was fine. So, Ray fires up and Benoit Malenko come out. He fights them off um, and then rolls up Canyon and wins. Um, But the horsemen then immediately jump him, put his leg between the steps and the post and drop Mm -hmm. kick it. Um, Today is hastily pointing out that uh, Kidman is not there. He's at a signing. Um, So, Ray is taken out ahead of their match uh, at the pay-per-view. So, now you have... For the record, you have Saturn and you have Ray. Both injured. Are fucked yeah, up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, going into this. But yeah, no, I thought that, yeah, having them go into the ring, I think was a little bit too much. I think if you had shown them on TV sneaking down to the ring so that the crowd are kind of, you know, they know they're there and that we at home know mm-hmm. they're there and they're kind of like stalking until the finish. But I think like the, them trying to cost him and failing to, even though it's two on one, kind of made them look a little it, bit It dumb. was trying to get the boat, best of both worlds where Ray didn't lose yeah. and they still got the heat on yeah. the horseman. Either come in and beat him down and ring the bell for disqualification, which I rarely advocate, or just do the post-match part. Mm-hmm. Don't have the bit where they try to cost him the match and fail yeah. to. Yeah, I think you know that's what I mean? fair. And it also kind of makes like Canyon look like a dunderhead because like, even he and two of the horsemen can't fucking outsmart this little pipsqueak you know um but like again maybe that's just me overthinking things um we then get our main event inexplicable as it may be chris benoit versus uh, and dean malenko versus the texas hangman of texas hangman one and texas hangman number two now lee i will ask you one did you know who this was? And two, if not, how long did it take you to figure out who it was? One, no. And two, when Tanae said the Texas hangman. 
Well, but do you know who they're reading? Oh, uh, no, and I was going to look it up, but then I just wasn't arsed. Okay. So. Uh, hang on, hang on. They come out is, for the Is match. one of them Jack Victory? Nope. No, that would have been a good bit. <laughs> but I cottoned onto this, and I was going to make it a joke on the okay. show, right? I was setting up for, oh, this is going to be a good callback to something I was going to say, I, that I did say for an earlier match, right? They came out to the ring. And it's about 10 seconds into the match. And I had started writing the joke that, oh my God, this gear is so shitty. They must go to the same tailor as disorderly conduct. And then I was like, those guys are relatively similar in stature to disorderly <laughs> conduct. I wonder. And then I Googled. And it is. And you know what, Lee? It absolutely love is it. both of I them. I love I love that. Double jobbing. <laughs> quite literally so, double jobbing. We, yeah, quite literally double jobbing. We were hoodwinked into watching disorderly conduct twice. And one thunder, and they yeah, like you said, they handily lost both matches, and both went way too long. Yeah, both went way too long. Neither had any sense of peril whatsoever, because like, why? Oh my god, why in Blue Perfect Health would you debut a mystery jobber ass looking tag team in a main event against these two guys and expect anyone to give a shit? This is the kind of tune up match you put. In the opener or second from the I, top, I am begging, I like genuinely begging anyone that listens to this, that subscribes or listens to fucking Conrad's show with Kevin Nash. If they're doing a Q and A, I want someone to ask Kevin Nash memories of disorderly conduct because that man loved him some disorderly conduct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, now like I believe we have to see him twice. <laughs> I'm still, still so mad. <laughs> like, I was like, I looked at the card and I was just like, I looked at the time left and I was like, oh, there must be another match. And then I looked at the card on Cage Match and I was like, this is the main event. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? This is the main event of your go home uh, thunder. It technically wasn't the main event. Yeah, all right. We'll, we'll fucking get to that. It was the main event as far as anyone in this building in Penn State was concerned. I think those people went home happy, Dave. Like, yes, exactly. And they unlocked they, they, the doors. They were allowed to leave. It is at this point that I think, like, because people were still in the crowd during this match, that it, it must a have been situation. like a hostage-type situation, yes. <laughs> I can see no other logical reason why they stayed there. Um... Their gear is uh, it's like, so baggy. at least a it's size so too big. And, like, and you don't want that from spandex. It looks like dog shit. I mean, they have the Rocks logo plastered all over them. And this is just as well, like 98% of this match is just Benoit, mostly Benoit, but also Malenko just beating on these guys. And they don't put them away. Yeah, they don't. But yeah, and that's like, that's what the longer, like it, once it goes past 90 seconds, they look like mm-hmm. idiots. And there is a stretch of the match where they do get a little bit of heat. I kind of referenced it earlier in the show where they start working the leg on one of the fucking hangmen. Um, 
and they're like Malenko in particular is shouting down the camera like this is a message to Ray who they've just done his leg in and the first time he does that gets a little bit of a reaction from the mm-hmm. crowd but that's about yeah. it because again like we said with the opener there's no sense of peril there's no sense of oh they might lose to these fucking appearing soon at your local armory ass tag team guys we've never seen before fuck me it was bad like there's nothing I have nothing written down aside from what I already said there's nothing I have except for Benoit hits three Germans and blows his nostrils clean on one of them uh, and then one of them taps out with a cloverleaf the, the, um, the Texas hangman tap out to the Texas cloverleaf yeah clever clever Which, yeah one the Texas thing is the Texas thing is funny but also like the cloverleaf is always something that I I interpret as being more arduous to the back than the uh, than the legs. Um, I know the legs are are pretzel somewhat, but like not as much as say a sharpshooter. Um, yeah, it's just a fucking bizarre. And that's the end of like the in studio part. Um, but then we get. Do you want to talk to people about what the actual main event of this show was, as far as the television audience was concerned? Um. Well, it's it's not this part of the show that I actually enjoyed. It's it's the part after this. But yeah, we we get a nitro recap where Ric Flair booked a main event is the recap. Ric Flair booked himself on Nitro in Charlotte to face DDP. Yeah. And for the yeah, title. for the title and we go from that to Randy Savage and his crew appearing in ring. So you have Savage, Miss Madness, uh, Medusa and Gorgeous George. Yeah. Security come out. Flair is insisting that Savage is fired or doesn't have a job or something and security come out. Uh, it's at this yeah. point that Ric Flair begins to accost Gorgeous George and the, the, the scene gets yes. very uncomfortable. It, yes, especially in, in light of uh, certain plane ride from hell documentaries and it all breaks down and uh gorgeous george ends up decking uh charles robinson but it's all just a setup to get asia over as this massive woman and at one who is still being referred to as like the head nurse nurse or or that woman um because she's still in her scrubs because of course yeah um but I think at one point Gorgeous George has a wardrobe malfunction because Gene very quickly takes off his suit jacket and can be seen in the background Um, telling security to make sure to cover her breasts. So when she gets physical, you can see her because she's essentially just wearing a bra and you can see she is either either she's had the malfunction or she's worried that it is about to be the case. Um and there's one point, very distressingly, in the middle of that where Flair appears to fairly deliberately reach out and grasp her chest. Yeah. 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 Um, I think, oh no, I actually think that was in the main event match itself. When she when she gets involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what he yeah, is. Because she has another, yeah, because like, that, afraid she's then, going then to. Then we get a, a cut to the actual main event of DDP versus Flair. Um, yeah. which ends with Savage coming out with Gorgeous George. And yeah. while Savage distracts the referee... Oh, no. Um, while Gorgeous George, George gets George, into the ring. George yeah. distracts Robinson. And distracts Robinson. It's at this point that Ric Flair 
very obviously makes a grab for her. And yeah, which is like, do, do you know what? Like as well, like as well as the grossness of the flare part, like I think it, the logic of the story they've been telling breaks in as much as like the whole thing is that Charles Robinson is actually all talk and he's a coward. And then he runs her off. Yeah, he chases her, whereas the whole thing has been like she's trying to chase mm-hmm. him so far. Um, so like I, I didn't like that. I didn't like this whole thing, but I especially um, didn't like that. DD or uh, Savage slides the knocks into DDP. DDP knocks out Flair, and another referee runs in and counts him out, and that's the end of the main event on Nitros. Because of course, like Flair's not jobbing clean to the world no, champion. No, Jesus no. Um, and that was the end of your main your main event on both Nitro and Thunder. And then we get what I thought was the the real main event. For the first time ever, a yeah. go home show ended yeah. with a, a full production rundown video of every match on the pay per view. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, and this might help. I nearly, you I nearly now. cried. <laughs> How many like? We've been doing this for way too long. But yeah, way too long. We're going into we're about to go into our fourth year. Um, I think I don't think it's fifth year yet. It's hard to fucking keep track. Was it twenty nineteen yeah. we started this? Wait, I don't is that know. right? <laughs> it's not like we could actually. I can check because I can see when our Twitter started. But uh, suffice to say, since we started the show, I think this is the first time. We've had a pay-per-view that, oh God, 2018. Well, it was Christmas so 2018. we have been doing so. it. Yeah, we we're about to hit our four-year anniversary. That's, yeah, yeah. So we're about to go into our fifth year of doing the podcast, which is incredible. But in that time, this is the first pay-per-view that has had a go-home show end with a video package for the pay-per-view that actually, sometimes you'll get like just the TV commercial for a pay-per-view. But this is the first one that felt like it actually gave you a sense of, what was on the card and why you should care. Unless they change it between now and Sunday. Yes, quite possibly. Um, right. Slamboree 99. I am going to get um, this up on Wikipedia. Um, for those of you who are more recent listeners to the program, after the Go Home Show, and for every pay-per-view, because the loose premise this show was based on was how much sense can we make of WCW just watching Thunder I like to ask Lee to tell me the entire card for a pay-per-view just based off watching and Lee you will be honest with the listeners you have never done a cheat sheet Um, if you you know recap all his scores month by month you can tell he's not doing a cheat sheet and that's that's not Lee's fault for not paying attention. That is all on World Championship Wrestling. Listen, we friend. watch these shows. It's not like we skip anything. I want to ask you a question, Lee. I'm not sure if I've asked you this one before. How many matches do you think are on this? Oh, you've asked me this before. Um, oh, have I? Cool. I don't know. Nine. There are exactly nine plus one dark match. Okay. Do you... Uh, I, I don't think you'll get the dark match, so would you like to know what the dark Does match is? Does it involve was? Norman Smiley? It does not. But I would like to say that this this dark match was so memorable that Wikipedia lists the time for this match as N.A. Okay. Um, the dark match had Dale Torborg yeah. 
versus Johnny Swinger. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, I bet you're raging about that. That's a 2022 match. Impact match. <laughs> Isn't it, though? Um, You'll have to actually ask Eric, did that match happen in Impact in 2022? <laughs> did that match happen this year? Yeah, because then we could stitch it back together with the rest of this pay-per-view and show it complete for the first time. Okay, you have got nine matches, my friend. Um, Would you like me to tell you, I can give you an easy ride this month, and I can tell you how many titles were on the line on this show. No, or you I'll, can go I'll, go, I'll go for it. Okay. okay, so we'll start with the title matches. We've got DDP versus Kevin Nash for the world title. We've One. got Scott Steiner versus Buff Bagwell for the US title. We've Two. got Rick Steiner versus Booker T for the TV title. Three. We have the Triple Threat Tag Team title match of Raven, Saturn, the Horsemen, and the Cruisers. Yep, that is four. And you have now also completed all title matches on okay. this program. Then we have the de facto hardcore title match of Bam Bam versus Brian Nobbs. Five. Now we have Ric Flair versus Roddy Piper. Six. Sting versus Goldberg. Seven. Stevie Ray versus Conan. Yeah. That's eight. And match number nine. They definitely mentioned this on the show. Yes. think hmm people are screaming I know I know I know the devices I think I hit all oh oh Charles Robinson and Gordon Short yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's it a clean sweep my friend I think that's the second row done this yeah yeah I, I was about to say either WCW are getting better but I'm not even going to entertain that either or because that's not true maybe you're just getting better at the job eh nah, that couldn't be that <laughs> couldn't be that that's too far-fetched altogether isn't it talk to my employers I don't get better or anything <laughs> <laughs> right thank you all very much uh, for listening to another episode of Days of Thunder um, we shall return in... Ooh, we won't be returning in two weeks with Slamboree, will we? What day is this coming out? We oh, yeah, no, we will. We will. I'm trying to see if our Christmas when our Christmas break factors in. We'll be back for Slamboree before um, before the end of the year. And, so. and don't forget, uh, after Slamboree, there will be a two-week gap to the next Thunder. Yes, we've got preemption. And if anybody has listened to our shows where Thunder has previously been preempted. We have fucking no clue what's going to be happening. <laughs> There's some of our best. There's some of my favorite shows because it's just like, I fucking guess this is happening now. Every title will have changed hands between the pay-per-view and when we decks get to a show. And based on the world title lately, maybe more than once. <laughs> randomly fucking Ricky Steamboat was world champion or something when we come back fucking hell and you know what the thing is they may have changed and never be referenced we may never know oh, yeah. that the titles yeah. changed they may be back on the original title holder oh it's good stuff anyway we'll see you in two weeks thanks for listening we'll talk to you soon 
Thanks everyone for listening to another episode of Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder was produced by Lee Malone and edited by me, Dave Ryan. Keep up to date with the show and find all the ways to listen to us. You can follow us on Twitter at WCWThunderPod or click the Linktree link in our Twitter bio or in the show notes. I am at the day to Dave on Twitter and Lee is at Malone underscore 713. Days of Thunder is a part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. Follow the VOW network anywhere. Good podcasts are sold for more fine podcasts than you can shake a stick at. Thanks. Now, it's Mike Gilbert, host of the Mike and JD Show, right here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Join JD by God Oliva and myself every Thursday night live on the Voices of Wrestling YouTube channel at 11.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as we stay up all night discussing all the hottest stories in professional wrestling. You can also check us out right here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting feed or you can subscribe to the Mike and JD Show feed. Now, enjoy the show.